morning from the Financial Times. Today is Friday, October 20th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Western countries are telling their citizens to leave Lebanon as the war between Israel and Hamas escalates. And that conflict is becoming politically tricky for the UK's Labour Party. Plus, we'll take a look at why a radical outsider is the frontrunner in Argentina's presidential election. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. The U.S., Britain, and Germany are all warning their citizens to get out of Lebanon. There's a growing concern that the conflict between Israel and Hamas will turn into a wider regional issue. Shelling between northern Israel and southern Lebanon intensified on Thursday. Hezbollah fired at least 20 rockets over the border into Israel. Separately, Israel's defense minister suggested that a ground invasion into Gaza could be imminent. UK Prime Minister Rishi Sunak was in Israel yesterday. We will stand with you in solidarity. We will stand with your people. And we also want you to win. Sunak's visit comes as political tensions in the UK are starting to boil over about the Israeli response to the Hamas attacks. Here to discuss is the FT's Whitehall editor, Lucy Fisher. Hi, Lucy. Hi, Mark. So tell me about Sunak's visit to Israel. What what was he hoping to accomplish? The UK has historical involvement in the Middle East. And of course, there have been British nationals um, caught up in the horrific attack and hostage saga in Gaza. So those were his motivations for going out. Uh, Largely what we've heard from him saying since the October 7th attack, uh, expressing solidarity with Israel, urging restraint from Israel in the most diplomatic language, uh, and also making clear his um, uh, hope that Israel will allow uh, aid to enter Gaza urgently. Yeah, that restraint thing is something that we heard from U.S. President Joe Biden earlier this week. He said, you know, don't make the same mistakes that we made, we being the U.S., out of anger after 9-11. So what's going on back at home in the U.K.? How are politicians positioning themselves in this conflict? Well, interestingly, um, the leadership of the Conservatives and Labour, I mean, there's hardly a cigarette paper between them. They are four square behind Israel and its right to self-defence. I think it's worth stressing that Keir Starmer uh, in particular, however, has come under pressure from influential Muslim members of his party and from sections of the left over his very much pro-Israel stance. Uh, I think in particular, remarks he made on a British radio station last week suggesting that Israel had the right to withhold water and other crucial supplies from Gaza have prompted a really big backlash uh, and we're beginning to see a mutiny grow in Labour's ranks. And we should remind listeners that there is this history with the Labour Party and support for Israel. What was that like even before Starmer when Jeremy Corbyn was in charge? Well, look, I think you're right to um, highlight Jeremy Corbyn, who was Labour leader before Keir Starmer, and many of his fellow travellers were very closely aligned with the Palestinian cause. And of course, under Corbyn's um, era, there was a wider problem with anti-Semitism in the Labour Party. It was found to have broken equalities law in its failure to stamp out hate in its ranks. So that was one of Keir Starmer's first and biggest priorities when he took over the Labour leadership in 2020 to kick out anti-Semites and to come down like a ton of bricks on anti-Semitism, a feat he has largely um, achieved with a great deal of success. What do the parties need to consider as this crisis unfolds and we get closer to a general election? 
Right now, the Conservative Party seems four square behind um, Rishi Sunak, but I do see this becoming a bigger problem for Keir Starmer. In recent days, we've seen councillors quit. We've seen officers in local parties quit in protest at the Labour leadership's stance on this conflict. There is this sense of a growing mutiny uh, and the sense that anger in quarters of the Labour Party is only going to get worse as the situation in Gaza gets worse. So uh, I think in coming weeks and months, this is going to be a a bigger problem for Labour. Lucy Fisher is the FT's Whitehall editor. Thanks so much, Lucy. Thanks, Mark. Argentinians head to the polls this Sunday in what is likely to be a closely contested election, and the consequences could be huge. The winner will inherit a wrecked economy, a deeply divided nation, and an anxious population. The current frontrunner is an unconventional economist that's taking the country by storm. His name is Javier Millet. Here to talk about it is Michael Stott, the FT's Latin America editor. He just got back from Argentina. Hey, Michael. Hello, Mark. So uh, who exactly is Millet? So Millet is an eccentric character. He's a 52-year-old economist who worked for quite a long time for one of the country's uh, bigger conglomerates. But he developed a career more recently as a TV personality, appearing uh, on shows to give his solutions for Argentina's ailing economy. He's somebody promising to tear everything up and start again his way, and his way involves shrinking the state dramatically, cutting spending, cutting taxes, opening up free trade. And to understand more about the Millet phenomenon and who his supporters are, I went to a rally in the outer suburbs of Buenos Aires. So Javier Millet is standing on the back of a truck and his supporters are going wild. There's adulation, people shouting and screaming and going crazy over him. They're all waving his yellow flags with the lion's head on. I talked to some of his supporters at the rally, and I suggested to them perhaps that Millet was crazy. They said he was. We need some someone crazy to, to change our country. The, the two I spoke to were... Uh, young, I would say relatively well-off backgrounds, and they endorsed Millet's sort of extreme libertarian views. Our country is uh, completely mess. You know, we need a, a, a good change, and Javier Millet is the only one that has these uh, policies, you know. But a lot of his other supporters, they just like the idea of a crazy guy who wants to shake everything up. Wow, so it sounds like he has a lot of fans. But what are Millet's actual plans for Argentina? What, you know, what policy proposals does he have? So his key policy is dollarization. He wants to dollarize the Argentine economy. In other words, adopt the U.S. currency as Argentina's currency, shut down the central bank. He says they'll never print another peso uh, as long as he's in power. And he wants to make this all permanent by effectively getting rid of the peso. Michael, dollarization would be huge for Argentina's economy what would it look like? So effectively, uh, part of Argentina's economy is already dollarized. And and Millet's idea is you dollarize the whole thing, and this is going to get rid of distortions and make it all above board. If you're uh, a private individual, you can exchange your dollars on the black market. And this is what a lot of Argentines, a lot of tourists do. So I arranged to meet a, a black market dealer in dollars spoke to him in a cafe, and he exchanged some money 
while we were there and told us a little bit about how the market works. And, and he was saying this was probably a market that was doing about $20 million a day in cash in central Buenos Aires. So it seems like U.S. dollars are already a big part of the economy. But what are the risks if all of Argentina were to use the dollar? The difficulty with it is that no other country of Argentina's size has ever tried to dollarize because when you dollarize, you lose control over monetary policy, which is a big lever for the economy. And you tie yourself to the Americans' interest rate cycle. Argentina's a big commodity exporter, uh, has a very different economic structure to the US. Uh, but the problem is if it dollarizes, it becomes tied to whatever decisions the Fed makes about whether to raise or lower interest rates, which may or may not suit the Argentine economy. That's one big problem. And a second big problem with it is that you put your economy in a straitjacket. You, you can't then get out of dollarization again. You can't suddenly devalue if you become uncompetitive. And we think there of the experience Greece had with the euro. And the third problem with dollarization is that although Millet claims this would stop Argentina overspending, it's not actually true. Dollarization on its own doesn't stop you running a deficit. Uh, it just makes it more complicated to finance the deficit. Okay, Michael, getting back to Sunday's election, Millet is obviously not the only candidate. He's the front runner, but a lot of people think this election will actually end up in a runoff. So who else could give him, you know, pun intended, a run for his money? So his two main opponents are on the centre-right, uh, Juntos por el Cambio, that's the coalition that Mauricio Macri, the previous president, came to power at the head of. Their candidate's Patricia Bullrich, who is a former security minister. And then on the, on the left, the centre-left, we have the ruling Peronists. They've put up Sergio Massa, who is the economy minister at the moment. But he's, he's in a way more than that. He's a super minister who's, who's really running the government. The current president, Alberto Fernandez, is very unpopular and he has disappeared from view almost completely. So... That's a rather bizarre situation. And I think uh, it, it's quite hard to predict how this could play out. Michael Stott is the FT's Latin America editor. Thanks, Michael. Thanks, Mark. Before we go, one last reminder here. We're offering 50% off a digital subscription to FT.com. Just go to FT.com slash briefing sale. Of course, we will have that link in the show notes. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back next week for the latest business news. The FT News Briefing is produced by Kasha Broussalian, Sonia Hudson, Fiona Simon, and me, Mark Filipino. We had help this week from Sam Giovinco, David De Silva, Michael Lello, Peter Barber, and Gavin Coleman. Our executive producer is Topher Forges. Cheryl Brumley is the FT's global head of audio. And our theme song is by Metaphor Music. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Hi, this is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys with good credit from a local business to a global corporation. 
Partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash banking for business to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024.